Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. DL21 with Mr. Watson.
Hi, this is Ashley from Freak Power, and I'm urging you to turn on and tune in to DL21 with Mr. Watson. Welcome to DL21 with me, Mr. Watson, and this is a two-hour Ashley Slater special. I had the privilege of interviewing Ashley 
recently so I wanted to show off his skills and talent I've been a big fan of Ashley since uh, the Freak Power days um, but that track we've just played there starting off the show was his latest single um, and it was called Itch and Scratch it's the extended mix with uh, Ashley and Da Lucas loving that and that's flying high in the new disco charts as we speak and let's get it out of the way shall we turn on tune in cop out biggest hit that Freak Power had cracking tune um, let's do this You've gone beyond a reasonable doubt
Love it. So, we've had Itch and Scratch, that's the brand new single, Da Lucas, uh, with Ashley Slater. Uh, Turn On Tuning, Cop Out, the number one single from Freak Power. And that was uh, from about five years ago. That was another Freak Power a track called Soul Clap. Uh, Ashley has taken over the Freak Power moniker and car- carried on with that. Um, so, I had a uh, cracking uh, hour and a half, I think it was, interview, uh, meeting, chat, catch up with Ashley. Um, he's a wonderful guy, a really pleasure to speak to him. So, um, it was all done via the power of the internet. Uh, my microphone wasn't the best, I'm going to be honest with you. So, Ashley comes out brilliantly on this, so you might have to just uh, uh, tweak your ears a little bit just to hear some of the questions. But uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this is the first one, um, part first part of the interview with Ashley Slater. Enjoy. Ashley, it's a pleasure. Thanks ever so much for... Uh uh connecting uh, for this interview how are you well i'm i'm really well and i have to thank you because you've been a, a long time fan and supporter i mean looking at that collection of albums behind you a really long time i think the first time i saw you live was and i was trying to remember that it was in leicester when you were playing with freak power and you freak power played and me and my friends all came to Leicester to come and see you and I can't and that would have been about oh, 94 something like that 93 94 yeah that sounds I seem to remember doing one at De Montfort no it wasn't maybe it, was there. No, maybe it wasn't Leicester maybe it was Birmingham or something like that but we did have to travel to go and see it um mm. it was a it was a cracking night I remember it being Hawaii inside this club it was all like lots of flowers in Hawaii, sort of, sort of theme based. This club, wow. that couldn't, that couldn't, that's not, um, not um, the butterfly. Was it called in Birmingham? Something like that. I could have. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just saw a poster the other day. Somebody sent me a poster. Adrian Gibson, you know. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Ex Jazz Cafe guy, uh, the the promoter. He wrote to me yesterday and said, oh, we're doing a blah, 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 blah. Have you got any memorabilia from Freak, from, from Microgroove or Freak Power? Brilliant. And you know what? I have absolutely nothing Brilliant. because I lost a lot of it in a bad divorce. And then I, two summers ago, that's when I ended up in Georgia. Yeah. And, and we kind of got trapped there by covid i lost literally everything i owned went into a big skip because i couldn't get back home um so everything wow except what i had with me so i obviously had my computer my monitors um and a few bits and pieces one trombone the rest of that all went i don't know where any of it is i mean just you know it's kind of oh that's so but well, it doesn't matter because I didn't really have that much stuff like Freak Power or, or I'm a terrible archivist. My brother has like everything I've ever made. And he's always sent, he said, do you remember this? I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> or how about this one? Mm, no. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm really not obsessed with documenting my existence on the planet in any way, which... It's probably a good thing. I just think when I go, that's me. I'm done. I'm gone. There'll be 
a handful of songs that some people will like. But it's good because I'm not uh, under any illusions about my immortality, you know, imagined or otherwise. Let's face it, one in a million musicians ever achieves that kind of thing. It may be, maybe one in a million. So, uh, you know, at least I've brushed up against somebody, a, a few people who, who achieve, will achieve that status, which is not a bad thing. Um, and the other bonus is that uh, when I do die, my kids won't have much stuff to throw out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that because my father-in-law is literally, he's got a book with everything in it for me and my wife to get. He says, oh, he says, I've labelled everything for you. And I'm thinking, how much stuff have you got? I suppose no, where you are I mean, now... You can move to one place to another quite quickly if you need to, like you have done. Yeah, I mean, I can put everything in. The, now, I would say I'd have to put it in the back of a, you know, a small van. But yeah, um, but, uh, you know, because my dad died a couple of years ago. And, you know, one of the things I remember my dad saying all the time from when I was a child is, this will all be worth money one day. You wait and see. But, of course, what happens is everyone who would buy all that shit also dies. So there is actually no market for any of it. So his 10,000 uh, album collection of white music, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Pat Boone and like just tons and tons of easy listening, which was great because that I listened to all that stuff and, and it, you know, easy listening and 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 a little bit of big band stuff so like Cy Zentner and all those kind of you know 50s and 60s big bands Cy had like the most amazing trombone section they all sounded like they were playing on um uh angle grinders <laughs> so so you know that gave me that taste for that kind of absolutely tearing trombone sound well, that, that was my first question was, how did you get into the trombone? Why did you choose that? Well, I mean, the, the, just the real truth is utterly prosaic and boring. And uh, the fact is that Dad wanted to have a Dixieland band. He played all kinds of stringed instruments and stuff like that. And he, he did actually, at one point in his life, kind of try and go the showbiz route. He was working in a mine like an iron ore mine in Canada or a chemical factory, Dow Chemicals, one of those two things. And uh, there was a talent show in the UK and he flew back and auditioned for it and didn't get in. At that point, he said, right, okay, music's now just going to be a hobby. Whereas if it was me, I'd be like, well, I'll just do the next talent show. Then I mean, I've had one experience with a talent show and that was one too many. Um, but yeah, basically dad was like, I want a Dixieland band and I need a trombone player. You're going to learn the trombone. So he went and got this trombone. It was a con something or other. I don't know what, I don't really know much about instrument numbers and stuff, but it was $12. Um, and my joke is now, now I earn $12 every day from playing the trombone, <laughs> which is still accurate. Light is shining from your eyes and the darkness 
All around me like a cloak of velvet Deep and soft, seductive I could slip into a fold Then I'm blinded Blinded by the memory of events recent Recently I realized something's changing Changing in my world Cause I'm not feeling quite the way I used to feel When I was in control I start to lose it Hear the crackling of the flames, but I'm wrong, you know. It's only cellophane. I see one wrapping a chocolate box and smiling sweetly through my haze like an angel. Standing watching through my window pane. I hate a mister standing over by the door. Could you take a minute? Turn this water into wine. I'm here. It's now. I shamefully I tell people I wasn't even the best trombone player at my school which is like the school in the middle of nowhere with nobody of immense talent attending and I still wasn't even the best but um I guess I'm just an ad- advertisement for sheer ballsy determination or something yeah. I mean I, you know I joined the army and 
And I practiced a lot. I mean, I did want to get to a very, I wanted to be the best bass trombonist in the world. Of course, that's impossible. Um, but I was pretty good, I guess. I mean, you can't practice that much and still be shit. It's just, it's not impossible. It's impossible. And in the army, you could pretty much practice, you know, between four and six hours a day if you really wanted to do that. Um, and I did. I did. I so, loved it. So when, when you left the army and then you, you came over to England, mm -hmm. and then, um, is that how you sort of got into the jazz side with loose tubes? And how, how did all that well, happen? Okay, right. So, you know, um, I mean, I, I was in really well into jazz anyway. And... Um, I kind of, I mean, obviously I missed that in the army. The, they didn't really, they, they've made a kind of a, an attempt at doing jazz at Nuller Hall, uh, which was okay, but it was nothing like, it was no, not nearly as good as my high school stage band. Wow. Um, just, well, because they were, but you know, if you put a brass band from England up against, you know, a, a moderately good brass band, not championship or anything, band up against an American brass band. Well, there is no such thing as a brass band in America. So it's just a different culture. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, when I was in the army, I did uh, get involved with the brass band Loch Kelly in Scotland. Um, and weirdly, the next guy who, the guy who took over on bass trombone after me was a guy called Dave Stewart, who then came to London and kind of cleaned up on the session scene. So Loch Kelly produced outstanding bass trombonists um and that was again like a little you know a little brass band in fife right uh, you know there's a little coal mine and a little brass band um but i loved i loved all that experience and i quite liked the army as well i mean you knew where you were i mean you know when when you're a kid all the rules seem to change all the time. One day it's okay to do something and the next day it's not okay because your mum's in a bad mood or your dad is, or they're a human being. Yeah. Um, and they're subject to uh, life, which is something you fail to realize as a child. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where we were. Oh yeah, so then, yeah, I came, Got out of the army. My bandmaster, they were that my regiment was shipping off to the Falklands post the conflict right. <coughs> to garrison the island. And my bandmaster, God bless him, Colin Reeves, um, said, You don't want to go to the Falklands Islands, do you, Slater? And I said, No, not really. He said, Well, I'll tell you what, get yourself into a music college in London. And I'll let you go because in those days you had to buy yourself out. I'm sure you do in these days too. Yeah, you had to buy yourself out, but he said, I'll just discharge you. And I'm like, that's it. You're done. Um, not even in the reserves. And I thought, well, that's bloody kind mate. So I went down and I auditioned at the guild hall and they, they were kind of like, well, we, so, we, we do like you, but you already have a job. You're, you're in the army playing trombone. So why would we give you, why would we want to train you to be a musician anyway? Um, so I didn't get in there, but I did get in at Goldsmiths on the orchestral studies course, and I loved that again. I mean, that was really was my goal at that time. I wanted to be an orchestral player, but at the towards the end of that, sorry, I'm droning on, and you'll be able to. No, no, edit no, this. I'm enjoying it. Edit, 
<laughs> edit the hell out of it. But um, one day, a deaf trombone player came in and said, oh, you should come down to this big band. I'm doing quite good fun, really good fun. And I went along to the rehearsal, and it was quite good fun. It was like, fuck me, this is the first real, like, sounds like jazz I have played since I left school. Nice. So that was, I left school in 77. Uh, and that was like 83. So it had been a six-year hiatus. And then suddenly I was like plonked right in the middle of it. Um, um, it was, and it was loose tubes, but they weren't even called loose tubes then. And they weren't planning on having a bass trombone. The lineup was four trom three trombones, a tuba. But I came down and sat and read all the tuba parts. And at the end of the rehearsal, I said, right, well, I'm your new bass trombone player. Uh, I'm Ashley, so let's get busy. You know, I loved it. Um, it was completely, you know, had a little bit of Don Ellis in it, which was quite big when we were young. Uh, not anything of Maynard Ferguson. So it, it was completely not that kind of band, you know. Um, it was, it was, I don't know, unique. Loose Tubes was a unique band, you know, driven, driven by some unique composers. Um, but I, I just was like, this is me. Um, and then, so at the end of the orchestral studies course, I went off and toured Norway with a Norwegian band called the Munros. And I took Ian Ballamy with me on sax and another guy called Phil Caesar. Um, and we did that and then came back and the band was now like loose tubes. So we just got stuck in. And for some reason, I emerged as the front man, if you can have a front man in a band like that. Um, and then I, I got kind of pretty famous, certainly in London. Um, and Loose Tubes was pretty famous. I mean, for a band that size, you know, Colin Lazzarini, who died last year, God rest his soul. He was a fucking amazing guy. I loved him. He's like a dad to me, really. Um, he, he took that band way the hell further than anybody else could have. I'm absolutely sure.
must have been quite successful in Europe, loose tubes. That would have been quite a big thing there, wouldn't it, loose tubes? Oh, yeah, mate. Place. We we totally toured Europe a lot. Again, amazingly. And don't forget, this is the end of the eighties when, you know, Thatcher and the Tories had had, had more or less said, "Look, art is shit. Yeah. We're not going to pay for it." Um, and that affected me in some ways. And in in a way, I I. Well, the way I describe how I kind of moved on from Loose Tubes and, and everything that meant was I, I was a little bit tired of playing to Guardian readers and I wanted to have a go at playing to some Sun readers. So that's why I wanted to kind of, um, you know, that's how Microgroove emerged. Microgroove emerged because Rob Partridge, also dead, uh, from Antilles Records, came up to me after a gig and he said, well, what else do you do? He said, you don't just do this, do you? Um, and he put me in Island Studios and I made this fucking weird demo, <laughs> crazy songs. Uh, and he, he said to me, why does a 22-year-old white guy sound like a 86-year-old black man from the Delta? You know, I was like, I don't know. I opened my mouth and that's what came out. Um, it is a very distinctive so, voice you've got, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's not. Sometimes I hear it and go, ugh, God, that's fucking horrible um um who wants to who would want to listen to that um but then there are other times i mean like the the record i just sent you it's it is a voice it's a yeah. voice and i do think i do think i have a voice i'm not gonna lie um and i think i'm i think i'm a good singer but i'm totally not uh, accepted as a singer by anybody really uh which is quite interesting I mean, still, you know, I meet people who are fans of Freak Power. Oh, you played the trombone in Freak Power. And it's like, yeah. Also, did all the singing? <laughs> didn't notice that? Yeah. Right, you didn't, you didn't notice that. Okay, fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people still think of me as the trombone player from Freak Power. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of, it, it was never connected, you know. I mean, the whole thing about marketing these days and everything has to be connected. I never had a name. I was just the bold guy from Freak Power. Um, and Gary Christian was the bold guy from the Christians. Yeah. And and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fairbrass was uh, the bold guy. The bold, not Fred, Richard, the other Richard, one. Richard Fairbrass. R Richard Fairbrass yeah. was fair, the bold. Fred is bold as well. So, yeah. He is now, yeah. But, to, you know, and Fred, uh, uh, Rich was just the bold guy from Right Said Fred. Yeah. So none of us had names. None of us had names. We were just the bold guy from that band. And there weren't that many bold guys from bands in those days. Buster, obviously. Oh, um, but, you know, uh, politically shaving your head was a statement. Yeah. Exactly. So you had all these, but not all skinheads were racist because you had this other kind of this, the, the two tone guys who were also skinheads, but they weren't racist skinheads. So, you, you know, it's weird. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I started going bald when I was 17 and I didn't for one moment even try and hang on to any of it. I don't know, fuck off then. You fucking fuck off your fucking hair. I said to it. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I was like that quite young when I went grey. So I wasn't bothered about it. It is what it is. Mm. So yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
it's just I like, mean, you can instantly tell if a dude dyes his hair. It's like, mate, <laughs> you know, what the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. You know, you are not you're, you're not fooling anybody. So why are you walking around looking like a butthole? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey man, what sign are you? inside this thin layer of black vinyl. There's one thing you all need to do, people. Just to get down a little. I'll tell you what it is. You gotta let loose.
Dreaming again. 
so you've done loose tubes uh you did micro groove with um the human groove album so how did you get involved with norman cook to become freak power how did all that come about well it was a slow courtship we danced probably i think we probably danced with each other for about three years before we started to do something but he had just finished house Mar martin's maybe he, you know he had had that big massive hit the beats international that'd be oh, good yeah. to me which he was suffering from you know polarization because all the people who loved him in the house of martin's and he was just the bass player and the indie guy hated him because now he was doing you know, like black music and and all the black people were like you can't do that to our song that's our like special black person song <laughs> so he was kind of fucked i think he got booed bottled off stage at some gig in hackney you know it was just really weird i mean music was a lot i don't know how it is now but in those days you either like this or you yeah. like that you yeah know. there was a you lot didn't. of tribes it was, yeah, they called him as tribal. Very tribal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very so you're tribal. either a goth, you're either a, a raver, a hip hopper, or you're yeah. you're into. Yeah, you. Where yeah. now? You know, I speak to. You know, my kids are listening to. I mean, my 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 eldest son has just bought himself a new pair of headphones. He said, "Oh, have a listen to the quality of these," and he's listened to Pink Floyd. But then I know a couple of days ago he was listening to some hip hop. So yeah, yeah, you know, and I love that—the fact that people are yeah. in all sorts. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, you know that whole uh, the democratization of music, which you know happened when the Atari ST came out. And then if you had a couple of grand, you could get yourself going. Uh, and before that, you had to have like hundreds of thousands of pounds, which is again why you know all those bands. They, you know, Pink Floyd was like all public school boy. Most of them were largely, especially synthesizer bands, were the children of rich people yeah. who could afford to buy a Profit Five, you know, and and or or whatever the synth of the du jour was. But that, that's uh, why it's nice having a, a working class band come through or people who have done something, and you know, when they release something, I know, let's say for example. Well, I mean, you could go back to the 60s. The Who, for example, they were literally working class kids who've picked up a exactly. But then you had you had Led Zepp, who were all like high flying session guys, you know, and yeah. Oh, yeah. had plenty of cash and all that kind of shit. So it's interesting, and it's also interesting that 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 um, kind of money divide. Or I'm not sure exactly what you'd call it, but the the class. Uh, Divided music is still very much a thing. People, I'm having a hard time getting around town these days. The other day I sat in a traffic jam two whole days. I got tired of that. Here's my answer. Gonna ride a bus, not a well, drive a car, not very far. Well, take a tube, don't be a bow bound. We walking, yeah, we walking. Yes, we walking, people. Yeah, we walking.
Yeah. Walking people. Looks like we're walking. Mm, walking. Looks like we're walking. Going to walk in the street. Move my feet to the feet. Yes, we're walking people. Gonna got my walking. Why don't you walk for me, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
so Norman was kind of in a bit of a rut. Um, and he was ringing around labels saying, you got anything I could remix? Because that was good money. You know, you can get five, ten grand for a remix in those days. Um, uh, and somebody said, yeah, how about this band? And he listened to the microgroove album and he said, oh, I want to mix remix Walking, which he did. Um, and it didn't wasn't a guaranteed hit. It wasn't a hit. But he was intrigued. And we I went down there to meet him and Lindy. And I felt really weird because the whole jazz ethos is you work for it and you work for it. And finally, you get a gig, one gig somewhere, you know. Um, so it's very much about being a self-made person. Uh, I think the jazz thing, even though, again, there's a lot of middle class people in that scene. Um, and I felt really weird that I was going down to meet a famous person and had my picture taken with this famous person. I was kind of piggybacking on his success. And, and that was an issue for me. So consequently, I was quite weird when I got down there. I just felt massively uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, about at this point, some of my jazz people were like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You know, uh, so there was a little, a little tearing of roots. But eventually, he and I became kind of mates. And I used to send him cassette tapes from gigs. And one day he rang up in 1993. He rang up and said, "Hi, Ash, it's Norman on an analog telephone on a desk." You know, and, and I said, "I'm sitting." In yeah, I'm sitting in a, in the bathtub listening to you, to one of your gigs. He said it's pretty crazy. He says you sound like somewhere like somewhere between the Blues Brothers and Parliament. And I thought, well, that's all right. I mean, I had never that's listened to Parliament. I had never listened to Parliament. In fact, we made I hadn't even I think I'd ever heard a funk fucking record until halfway through making uh, the the Microgroove album. Um, and Bill Gill, who was the engineer on that engineer producer he said have you heard fresh by frying the family stone i was like yeah he said oh, you got to hear this mate gave me a cassette i listened to it on the way home and i'm walking i was like oh my god that is so deep you know some, some of the some of the tracks on that thing i remember there was i can't remember which song but one track eight bars and I thought fuck me that says everything about being black in America and I don't even know if there were any vocals it was just what it was it was so weighty and so heavy and uh, yeah it was simple but it was fucking real you know there was no there's nothing fake going on there no artifice it was just like here's my soul have a listen you know and at, at that point <laughs> I think a lot changed for me. I was like, wow, there's some there's some serious fucking music out there. Um, and I mean, re in reality, I don't listen to a lot of music because I can hear kind of one track and then I get it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's being a musician. Um, I'm, you know, I don't often hear something and go, wow, I have no idea how that came to be. You know, I can listen to it. Oh, right, okay, you used to listen to that and that and this. And, you know, and, and, and there you are. Um, I mean, but having said that, electronic music, you know, in the in the early 90s on, 
has always been interesting to me because it isn't always immediately obvious how it was done. You know, as a trombone player, I guess, I mean, I can listen to a symphony or a big band or a small band and I know who's playing what, why they're playing it. You know, it all makes sense to me. But electronica was like a, oh, what's that sound? I don't think we know what that is, you know. And so it was kind of... Uh, it piqued my interest as a producer, writer. Salvation 
I've got a thousand ways to say I love you. Can I get you to me? I'll do you when you do me. Out of us will come we. I've got a thousand ways to say I love you. Take love, y'all. Giving you more, but it's never enough, y'all. Can't get enough of this fabulous stuff. Oh, a thousand ways to say I love you. I feel love, you feel love, I deal love, you still love, y'all. My heart is booming like the thunder above, y'all. Call me conceited, but I know there's no other. A thousand ways to say I love you. You know, the jungle thing was happening. I used to stay at a friend's house in Clapham North and let you hear out the window. It was crazy. I mean, it was then it was everything was just sped up because the tech didn't exist to kind of chop up a, a loop and have it at pitch. So you had like crazy little Mickey Mouse vocals and all the beats were mentally fast and uh, everything. And that you know, kind of then turned into drum and bass, but I was listening to all this evolve and very aware of it. And it was very intriguing to me, very interesting. Um, and I think drum and bass at that time, I felt it had a similar energy to maybe like the emergence of bebop might have had in, you know, in, in America in the late fifties, early fifties, mid fifties, whenever the fuck it was. Um, again, it was a coded music, you know, um, and there were messages and, and, uh, and it had a kind of otherworldly, uh, quality to it. So yeah, I was really fascinated by drum and bass and tried to make a lot of drum and bass records. I did make a lot of drum and bass records, but, um, 
my manager at that time said it perfectly. He said, Max, you've got too many ideas, mate. You can only have like one or two ideas in a song, yeah? That's changed now. I think dance music is, is a bit evolved, but it was like that, you know, you, you, it, <laughs> I couldn't be minimalist enough.
Retox the free in me. 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 Retox the free. Free. 
musical, generally speaking. I like to think it is anyway. So he's trying to wedge me into that because he runs a little agency and he's got connections with it. With, with, with. So we're going to get the, the, you know, the kind of the bold guy from Freak Power on stage singing uh, 1.8 hits, which would be Turn On, Tune In and Rush. Rush was quite, did quite well in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's like, you need to fill this out. And then he said, and he's been, you know, I've been, I sent him Pusher Man and the weird thing is, I am totally not obsessed with Curtis at all. It's weird like, how all those three came out quite quick together as well. I remember you said I it. know. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, 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 and there's something, I mean, what Curtis does do is he writes a brilliant bass line. Um, and you can really hang everything off that bass line. And that's what I did with Pusher Man and uh, um, uh, the other one. But then Jeffrey said, hey, man, why don't you do a cover of Move On Up? It's like. Okay, that's 148 BPM. Not really any genres that I... I mean, you sort of dubstep, I get enough. So we don't want that. So I thought, well, what can I do? Because to me, move on up is... I didn't even know there was a song. For me, it was just an incredibly noisy record with a really lot of hella, like brass guys completely splitting notes all over the shop. They must have had one fucking go at that track or something, or maybe it was a live... That's why it works. I know, <laughs> I know. So the trumpet constantly not making that top note is is part of it. So I thought, fucking hell no. And then... Every fucking percussion instrument in the world also. And then these string players all playing, sounding absolutely horrible and kind of uh, a little bit out of tune playing. I mean, that move on up is like really a, a musical kitchen sink. And then on top of it, there's a song. And that move on up is, is a great lyric because it's aspirational, it's uplifting. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought, oh, fucking hell, mate, how can you do a cover of that? And then, you know, you know, I'm a trombone player, I'm a brass player, I was like, I can't, I can't. And then I just thought, let it all go, man. What is the song? But it works. It, it's two chords. It's a melody. Um, and and the, the my synth, that's the first three lines of the horn part. The end. That's all you're getting. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, everyone's just been absolutely going, bonkers over this and so jeff said why don't you release this as free power and i was like yeah, why not um i mean I, th I suppose about as many people know who free power is as know who ashley slater is now there's been a bit of a, a balancing up because of kitten and big lounge and stuff like that so i do have a name now but yeah. i thought yeah fuck it it's 30 years why not you know i'm okay it is a cover whatever I don't care. I mean, for years I had a problem about that idea of you know maybe getting some fame with a cover, but so many bands started off by releasing an adventurous cover, yeah. And then, then, then the money was there, and the label's like, "Well, let's do the album, guys." You know, um, so you know, I, I've lost my my bias about having a. I don't give a shit. I don't really give a shit about anything anymore james um you know i mean in terms of all that i you know i just want to i just want to do what i do 
Um, it and is, it helps pay for you doing the stuff that you like doing even more. Well, you know what? I mean, there was a time when enjoy, I thought if you've enjoyed doing these covers as well. Please. Yeah, I totally enjoy it, and it gets me. I get to flex everything. You know, I get, I get to flex my my production skills, and I get to flex my voice. Get over. 
I think what you can possibly hear is that what I'm making now comes from a happy place. Yeah. It comes from the place of somebody who is in control, in command of what they do. Yeah. And and does it well. Um, I mean, my mixing, you know, James Wiltshire from Free uh, Freemasons mixed this for me. I sent it to James and he went, mate, I can make that sound a lot better. I was like, okay. And he did. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, he didn't want anything for that. Um, but that, said, that, that being happiness, happy, I mean, especially over the last couple of years, what with COVID and stuff like that, I mean, everything that you've been doing with collaborations with Queen Mab, um, Kinchy Cat, for example. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can tell that you've been happy doing that. You know, yeah. Just from when you send stuff over, go and check this out. Yeah. You know, and I just yeah. think you've enjoyed it. I mean, you yeah. obviously like a good collaboration. I do absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Kinchy Cat's like my weird Ukrainian fucking pet project, which has been a pet project for a number of years now. I'd say probably maybe we're going on to four years. So this is pre, uh, you know, Putin's uh, expansionist dreams. Um, but you know, we're still working together. I mean, they're out in Miami at the moment because actually, I know this is a terrible thing to say, but this is a great time to be a Ukrainian if you're not in Ukraine because literally everywhere you go, oh, come in, yes, my home is your home, um, and and my country is your country. So they're you know, they're just like there's only Nick and Cat, and they don't have kids or pets. So just like, I don't know, yeah, go there. They went to New York. Somebody said, come and live in New York. I've got an apartment. Um, they got there and it turned out to be a studio flat with two really hairy cats and one girl who works from uh, 10 till 10. On a, So so that was an absolute situation because they couldn't make any noise because she's, oh, God, she's right. doing uh, tech support on the phone. Anyway, now they've fucked off to Miami. They've got a really good friend down there who is either the mayor of Miami or was or is going to be something like that. So that's the nice thing about Nick and Cat. You know, they had a beach club in Odessa and there was a time uh, when rich Russians went to Odessa for their holidays. So Nick made a lot of contacts. He made a lot of rich Russian contacts. Obviously, they're not talking to him at the moment. But he also made a lot of rich Ukrainian contacts and a lot of... Blah, 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 blah. And there, you know, we know, James, there are rich people everywhere in the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, so, and, and, and he's, you know, he's got a lot of connections. So for me, it's been fun. Though you may find 
say something to you and that is uh, thank you for being just such a stalwart in my life oh, you're uh, it's totally appreciated james every every minute of every day you know people like you really are what keep me going um i only need 10 people to say wow that's really good <laughs> i'm like yay <laughs> so uh, <laughs> very easy to please yeah just just keep them keep the tunes coming and then uh i'll always play them if i like it so you know what yeah one day one of them you know has got to be bigger than yeah just you know what i mean so i I like that i think you're right i think you're right with the cover of move on up theory i'm gonna start working on the soundtrack for kids tv shows soon Um, you've done that in the past as well haven't you oh mate if you can find something I haven't done, <laughs> please tell right. me what it is and I will get on to it straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Because yeah, you did Moshi Monsters. I remember you remember doing that. And yeah, that's right. And I was only just doing... something as well? I, I did voices on that and some singing, but I did, had no... Uh, I didn't write any of the music. But then I got that Mr. Zoink thing. That was for Sesame Street Studios. And it's lovely, actually. The thing about Mr. Zoink is I played that to my dad literally weeks before he died. We were watching it and he loved it. And I know why, because the music on that was definitely like regurgitating my childhood. There was a bit of Dixieland and a bit of this and a bit of that. It was lovely to sit and watch it with him and Grover. Yeah. Um, and what his, he loved it. His face lit up, you know, and he, his, he was compass right till the end. Oh, 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah, he, must, he must have been proud of the fact that he was doing something like that and done all sorts. You know, I mean, who, who would not be proud of someone who's done a bit of this and a bit of that and you know, still, yeah. still playing trombone? So still in the game, motherfucker. Take me out at your peril. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, I, right. Think, I think that I think that's everything then, really. So uh, James, I can thank you so much for your time, and again, thanks right. for your love. Well, you know, James, people like you keep the business going. And I, I want you to know that. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't play anything. And I don't know. I was like, mate, if there was no you, there would be no me. Okay. We need people who listen to us, come to our gigs, buy our records, whatever. Yeah. You yeah, know? Sure, yeah. So for me, um, without, you know, without you, there's no me. Oh. So. That's the way it goes. Well, All right. That's a nice way to finish. So uh, we'll have that.
Right, so that's the end of uh, DL21 with me, Mr. Watson, the Ashley Slater special. I really hope you've enjoyed all the tunes uh, and the interview with Ashley, uh, going through right right from school days, right through to uh, losing his hair and uh, playing, being the bold guy in Freak Power. Um, we've had tracks all throughout his career from uh, Loose Tubes, Microgroove, uh, Freak Power, uh, Post and uh, pre-Norman Cook, and of course from his albums Bone Idols, Cellophane, uh, Big Lounge, and various different singles as well. So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, it's been wonderful uh, going through uh, Ashley's career. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I do like all his music, so uh, yeah, keep on uh, keep on playing and keep on producing those tracks for us Ashley uh, there are people out there who absolutely love it and I think moving on up or move on up I should say is a cracker the way he's uh, done that with James Wiltshire right so we're going to end the show on uh, Eddie's Trousers which came from Ashley Slater's uh, Bone Idol album check it out be nice to each other be excellent take care Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.